Check my vein. Can you hear me up there? Check my vein. I think we've Maybe. escaped the worst of it. Your job is to keep everybody healthy until the cruiser can pick us up. And I want a complete rundown of all the medical supplies on board. I bet half of them are out of date. And what's your job, sir? There are a lot of critical decisions to be made. You want to give it a try? Delegating risks is not for me. Mr. Banks has got my vote. He is an Earth Corps director. The tech is the only person qualified here to make decisions. Assuming she's still alive. She's not even responding. If she didn't make it, we don't have a chance. She's the only one who can guide this thing. Tech Maybean, what's your status? Maybean? Hello, everybody. My name is Andrew. And I'm Mark. And you are listening uh, to Television Movie Night here in the glorious month of April. April showers bring May flowers, Mark. Were you aware of this? I've heard that before. Uh, I don't know that that necessarily applies to California. Uh, I know that that is a thing that everybody says. I don't know if that is a English thing or a French thing or Canadian. Uh, Plenty of places speak English, but I don't know that it applies to Southern California. It's going to rain, and then we're going to look at, you know, next month's going to roll around, and we're just going to be swimming in uh, in daisies and lilacs and mums, you know? Well, what is it? it? Is it March that's in Like a Lion, Out Like a Lamb? Yes. Yeah, I generally see March looking very similar to the end of March, where I live. So, uh-huh. again, these... these fun little rhymes about weather that we don't have in Los Angeles are adorable but inaccessible as far as I'm concerned. Well, you're going to be who's going to be laughing when uh, you know I'm selling uh, selling tulips on the corner, you know? Everyone stopped at a uh, at a stoplight. Here I come. Here comes the flower guy selling all these uh, all these daisies I picked cuz it was raining so much here in April. Uh, Andrew, if that's your way of telling me that you haven't received your stimulus check yet, uh, I hear you I, loud and clear. I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to bring it up. Uh, you know, a few, um, fans, a few out there want to, uh, donate, uh, to, uh, to my Patreon, not the show's Patreon, but my Patreon, uh, I'll, uh, put that link in the description of the, uh, podcast episode. Uh, or if you just want to send me a, a check, uh, just sign it. I'll put the right amount on it. Don't worry about it. And then, Andrew, Andrew, you will, in return, you will uh, send them a picture that you downloaded off the internet of wildflowers. Is that correct? Is that, that how this is works? That is correct, yes. That is what I'm saying. It's raining here. If you could show me a cash shower, I will return you a wonderful picture of a flower that I'm assuming smells wonderful. Mark, uh, how have you been? Uh, Andrew, I'm I'm hanging in there. All right, I'm doing my best. Mm-hmm. I wish you'd get off my ass. I'm uh, I'm not irritable. I'm not cranky. No, no, not in the slightest. No, there is no there is no piss baby on this in this podcast. Not on this show. Not anymore. We we replaced the piss baby with uh with a shit infant. That's what we got now. A shit infant. Well, they grow up so fast, Mark. Yeah, they get so big. Um. <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm I'm stressed. I gotta I gotta I, I keep getting um, emails from uh, 
we we all got the wave of emails from corporations brands uh, mark please brands brands, yes. brands are it, looking out for us they're 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 looking against your wishes it sounds like mark brands are looking out for us and they have our best intentions in mind yes uh we all we all got emails from chipotle saying wanting a burrito sound good maybe you'll die from it maybe you won't how's that any different from any other day of the week right buy a burrito hell yeah roll them bones um, but now I'm getting them from like, uh, I, I, I'm a member of several unions uh-huh. and, uh, I've, I've been getting emails from my union saying, Hey, good news. Dues are being reduced. If you can't pay your dues right now, let us know. Uh, we'll work something out. Everything will be fine. You know, the union exists for you and all of that shit. And I'm like, look, you guys are being real pieces of shit. By emailing me to say, hey, by the way, asshole, we have jobs. We're working. Well, I know you're not. Are they are they working or are they uh, are they, um, you know, furloughed, but they got to send out the dumb email, you know, or they took a Uh, they took a pay cut. Yes, they took a pay cut. But from the people I know on the inside of these unions, they're busting their hump for me to make sure that. People don't lose their health insurance, which is provided through the union. But all I hear is. Hey, asshole! I got a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You uh, you're reading this email, which means uh, you ain't got no fucking job. But yeah, uh, you're reading. So- the, it means two things. One, you ain't got no fucking job, and two, I do because I sent you that email. Yeah, and you're reading it. So who's the real jerk in all this? So well, yeah, Mark- I'm taking I'm taking everything very personally right now, Andrew. Well, you and 55% of the county, I was reading a story today in the Los Angeles Times that uh, 55% of uh, working adults here in uh, the county of Los Angeles are out of work. Only 45% are currently employed. That that seems high even by my estimate. I mean, it's it is it's rough out there. We've been we've been uh, under this uh, lock and key uh, for about a month now, Mark. Have, what have you learned in, in these 30 days? What have I learned in general or just, just yourself, a thing that I've learned? About life, uh, in Sure, in general, whatever you want. Andrew, what have I have learned now more than ever that trash reality television is the most important form of art that this country ha- can produce. Uh, yes, speak on it, King. Here we go. Uh, give, give us people, the People, yeah. As a hoity-toity asshole, I love the opera, but mm-hmm. the fact that I haven't been able to go to the opera does not has not pushed me to being like, all right, I guess I'll listen to some arias on online, which is a service that LA Opera and the Met are both producing. Instead, I'm saying, all right, finish Tiger King. Uh, what if we watch it again? Oh, I mean, think about it. Uh, too mean, hot to touch. Guess what? <laughs> I want to see a show where we penalize people for showing affection. Hmm. Think about it. I mean, maybe maybe it parallels our current world. Maybe it does. I maybe don't know. There's a, maybe maybe. There's a, a bigger message to be gleaned from all of this. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. Yeah. Fuck it. I'll watch it. <sighs> yeah. Cue it up. Sure. Whatever. What is? Well. I mean, Mark, you go down this road, but I feel like now's the time to start getting into weird YouTube subsets. Now that you got time, you know, 
maybe a couple elevator reviews make their way to your uh, your watch list. Some uh, people working on aquariums, you know. Think about it. Well, well, I can tell. You, I yeah. This the, my new thing was um, Amazon has somehow curated a whole, or Amazon Prime has curated a whole. Uh, yeah, uh, union union champion Amazon has curated a whole. <laughs> Um, section of their prime channels that is dedicated to like just old uh, vintage uh, like film reels. Yes. So I spent about two hours the other night watching uh, commercials for 1950s uh, 1950s commercials and like sales films mm-hmm. for uh, kitchens. Ooh. It was just it was just a solid 120 minutes of people looking dead into the camera and being like, want to see how a washing machine works in the 1950s? Well, this is it. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Took, a, and took, then, people, took people's arms just, off back then. Yeah, there was one starring uh, Darren McGavin, uh, who you may know, who you who most people know as the dad from uh, Christmas Story. Uh, he uh, yeah is, yeah the old man yeah he's also uh, but it's a little it's thirty years before that so you know he's also Cole Jack the Night Stalker or the Night Hunter um, but yeah seeing these weird movies where a narrator is talking about a wife tricking her husband into buying her a dishwasher really <laughs> entertains me. Well, when you said old film reels, I thought you were going to tell me you spent two hours watching man sneezing or elephant getting electrocuted. Well, no, I've seen those ones. Everybody oh. knows that one. <laughs> those are on my DVR. I need to see new yeah. ones. It, it It's not man sneezing. It's George Ort sneeze is the ah. name of that video. Ah, I see. <laughs> Very important. <laughs> That's right. Uh, elephant underscore electrocuted underscore raw dot mp4 that's well that's... no i know okay don't even don't even all right i know <laughs> i know what edison was calling the film reels all right that's that's why my mother sent me to a hoity-toity college she was like my son will know the name of the guy sneezing <laughs> and they said oh, all right fine he, he starts on monday <laughs> yeah fine get in here well, Mark, uh, speaking of hoity and or toity, it's television movie night, your home and resource for made-for-TV movies. Here in the month of April, we have been watching movies made in the early part of the 1990s, a 30-year time machine, if you will. And uh, this month, we've watched Archie to Riverdale and back. We watched... Um, Working Trash. Working Trash, that's correct. And then last week we watched uh, The Pr- Prophet of Evil, uh, starring the late, great Brian Dennehy. I'm worried now, Mark. We literally posted that uh, that episode on April 14th, or the 13th, and uh, he passed away that same week. So I uh, I I know Robert Loggia is dead, but I, I worry for the rest well, of the I, living I'm cast. I'm worried about CCH Pounder. I'm worried about her as well. I, there's a lot of there's a lot of big cool names in this I, movie, and uh, I'm pretty sure she has also passed. CCH Pounder? No, she's alive. Are you sure? I think you're thinking. Ah, ah, I got you. I got you, you racist motherfucker. I know exactly <laughs> who you're thinking about. You are wrong. You were thinking of Lynn Thigpen. She is dead. 
Did you think that CCH Pounder was the chief on Where in the World is Carmen no, Sandiego? No, I did not think. Okay, all right. No. no. That sounds, okay, okay. <laughs> that sounds like. Um, no, you're I, right. Andrew, cut this. If you okay. don't cut it, I will. <laughs> no, CCH Pounder is not the mom in Lean on Me, because Lynn Thigpen is that woman. All right. All right, all right, all right, Mark. I mean, let's let's you know, true colors are coming out during this entire thing. Uh, that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> that's, it's fine. It's a trying time for all of us. Uh, Mark, we are going to talk about today's this week's movie entitled Life Pod in a segment I like to call Well, What Do You Know? Mark Life Pod premiered on Fox on January twenty eighth, nineteen ninety three. This uh, this was directed by Ron Silver, who also appears in the film. Mark, do you recognize Ron Silver? Of course I recognize Ron Silver. He's the bad guy in the Ben Stiller, Jack Black, unaired pilot, uh, Heat Ray and Mac. Heat Vision and Jack, Mark. Come on. I was pretty close. I was pretty close. Yes. uh, Heat Vision and Jack, which was an unaired Fox pilot produced by... Ben Stiller starring Jack Black. Jack Black is the smartest man in the world, but only when it's sunny outside. And then I think, is it is Owen Wilson also in it? Yeah, as he the plays voice? the motorcycle. There's a talking yeah. motorcycle involved in this as well, I guess. Uh, yes, Ron Silver's in that. A lot of uh, people probably know him. As, he was in Time Cop. The yes, place he's the bad I guy rec- in Time Cop. The place I recognized him from is he had a several episode arc on the West Wing as an advisor to the president. Yes. Uh, in Time Cop, he occupies the same space as his past self, which, as we all know, turns you into a puddle of goo, I think. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, it ter- it's uh, if you look in a science textbook, it just says, nah, man, it's gross. And then like, that's it. You turn you turn and into that, like a like a gross thing yeah and that the best way to avoid injury from firearms is to be wearing tidy whities and doing splits yes this is true as well andrew uh, i saw time cop i saw time cop once on vhs and so many images of it are burned into my mind <laughs> Well, important pieces of art generally that generally happens when you when you view Science. something great. No, not art, science, Andrew. Oh, excuse me, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's like it's like that it's that it's like that image of the uh fl- the fly trap closing on the fly. Everybody's everybody's seen it, everybody knows exactly what it is because it's science. That's science. Yes. Uh, you watch this documentary entitled Time Cop and now now you're now you know. Uh, this now Ron Silver directed this. This is basically his only directing credit for the most part. Uh, but he also appears in this movie. This uh, the teleplay on this uh, this uh, banger of a movie was from Penn Densham, who wrote um, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Did you know this classic? And uh, also a co-credit with uh, Jay Roach. Uh, Ty- he's he's going by M. J. Roach in this uh, in this film. But this is the same Jay Roach who directed Austin Powers and Bombshell and Trumbo. So all the way, yes. The LBJ uh, TV movie starring Brian Cranston. That's right. He drives that car right into the lake. 
He does. That you I don't did you see that movie? I did. It's yeah, I felt like they hit I felt like they were they they consulted you and were like, Andrew, what do you want from an LBJ movie? And you were like, oh. I swear to God, if he doesn't drive that boat into a lake that in is- some scene, I will burn I like, Hollywood down. Here's the list. Here's the list. A, got to talk to someone while he's taking a shit. B, got to drive that car right into the lake. C, got to have a phone call with him with his tailor where he's talking about his bunghole. And D, has to mention Jumbo. Those are the four things that make up an LBJ movie. I don't care what you do with the rest of it. He's and like look, a, if you have the time, civil rights. I don't know, but... <laughs> also, but the co-writer on this, Penn Densham, also, I guess, uh, he's more of a producer nowadays. He he just produced um, Harriet in uh, 2019. Uh, the Starring, story... Uh, I'll, I'll is, call it right now, future EGOT winner, uh, Cynthia Erivo. Hmm. She's one away. She's one away. <laughs> Which one is that? I think it's the Oscar. Oh, she's going to get it. Yeah. Uh, this story is also by Penn Densham. This is based on a short story by some guy named Alfred Hitchcock. So this is starring Robert Loggia, uh, famous, famous. Or would we consider him a character actor? I, I guess like if you don't have a specific role that a, a an actor like does. I mean, he's like a he's like a gruff but lovable kind of tough guy. Right. Like that's kind of his thing. I'm, I don't know. I'm willing to go so far as to call him a star. Really? Big, yes. Star big. of big. Yes. Well, no, he's not star the star. Star over he's, the top. He's, he's a, he has a role in big. He's not the lead in big. I I mean, how the, Ocean's Eleven. How many stars are in Ocean's Eleven? Um, like four? Five? No, like like 11. Like oh, 11 stars that, are in Ocean's Eleven. That. Big, I think Robert Lowe's, he he's a big presence. He's uh he's I I, I don't know I, I I maybe I maybe I just grew up watching over the top too many times. But when I maybe. see Robert Loja, I strap myself in and say, look, this is going to be a banger of a movie. Well, Robert Loja is uh, uh, wasn't big. He was in Independence Day. He was in Scarface, Over the Top. He's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, again, as we stated, Ron Silver is in this. Uh, CCH Pounder from The Shield. Uh, yes. And Avatar and Godzilla, King of the Monsters. So uh, tell me uh, again, Mark, is, is this woman is this woman passed away? I don't know what you're talking about, Andrew. I already oh, cut this part out. Oh, OK. <laughs> this is also starring Ed Gale who we know from uh, a little film entitled Tad. Tad. So we got, uh, we, we've got, uh, we're getting Andrew, to that point did, where we have a, a our cast of our, our rogues gallery just making and, multiple appearances in our films. Andrew, and why why would you refer to Tad as as a, a little film? Uh, I was saying that the, the title is short. Uh-huh. Okay. Good. Okay. All right. <laughs> Mark, before you watch this movie, what did you think it was going to be about? I thought it was going to be miserable and terrible. I thought it was going to be a lifeboat, but in space. And it turns out that's... What about the first half is? The second half, it gets a little nuts or a little bit different. Uh, yeah. But it is very much paint-by-numbers uh, Alfred Hitchcock's lifeboat. 
Well, but it, the, did they have uh, biscuits and like uh, a, a, a solar flare and a comet in Lifeboat? I don't think so. No, but they do have a uh, they do have a mechanic with a um, Mega Man arm in Lifeboat. Oh. People people forget about that. I do. Oh, now that I yes, that does sound familiar. Yes, that I God yeah. I thought that was the one interesting part, and it just was stolen whole cloth. Well, let's talk about it uh, here. Uh, we're going to dive in. Act one. We are told in voiceover that it is Christmas Eve 2169. <laughs> <laughs> nice. A spaceship with 2,000 people is heading to Earth from Venus. 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 That's in another planet. That is a, that is another planet. In the cockpit, we meet up with Maeveen, who's played by CCH Pounder, who's given a Christmas card from another uh, alumni here on television. Uh, yeah, another Movie one Night. of our rogues gallery. <laughs> That's right. The actor that played Jughead is uh, has a very quick scene here, giving a Christmas card over. It's a futuristic Christmas card. You can tell it because uh, it talks. It's got a little uh, like speaker in it. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I recognized him purely by uh, his hairline. Yeah, he's got the, just this very weird, like, uh, balding, but, but like, drooped forward bangs. Like, yes, it's very odd. And then also he raps. Oh, yeah, he did do the rap. He did the When he, he did, did the, the, sugar, the, when he did the rap, rap, I was like, uh, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, You're like, but I it was mainly you, the hairline. Could you, can you guys clear that? And they're like, don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> Uh, however, flat. Do you think at this point he was still hoping that 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 TV? He was like, they they might turn it to series. I think it's possible. Well, this was before. No, you're right. This is after that. So I, I'm it was like two was, years later. Yeah, he's like they have it in their pocket. They aired it. They're still getting. They're they're still getting the returns on it. So I, I'm gonna guess that the demand is still there. I, I started a letter writing campaign where people mail cheeseburgers to the head of NBC. So I'm, I feel like it's going to work. It's confusing, though, because his character doesn't actually eat a cheeseburger in the, the show. So um, but I, I think they'll understand. I think they'll understand what, what we're getting. At. I, I, they'll, they'll get the spirit of it. However, some flashing lights start going all uh, cuckoo, crazy bananas and. Uh, a tech on the ship is sent down into the into the 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 bowels of the ship to investigate what the hell's going on, and uh, it turns out that he's uh, found some machinery leading into the core of the ship. But that's when things go from bad to worse, and uh, things start going sideways. They got to abandon the big ship. There is a stampede to life pods, and uh, CCH Pounder manages to get into one, and then she basically crawls up into what would be considered like the crow's nest which is where yeah. the controls of the uh, ship are, which is a weird place to put the controls, but whatever. And uh, there's a handful of other people that get into the ship. They are able to take off with uh, CCH at the controls, but she notes very quickly that she's like, hey, man, these, these things are all in disrepair, and it uh, they almost didn't get to take off because like the automatic launch sequence just didn't work. She did it manually. Well, also... We also find that none of the other pods are able to jettison, correct? Before correct. the ship so explodes. Once they are clear of the ship, they look back, and because of the disrepair on the rest of the life pods, 
None of the other ones take off. And then that whole big ship just fucking explodes. They found the exhaust shaft. It was a one in a million shot, Mark. One in a million. Uh, yes. Let's they, blow they, this thing and go home, kid. That's right. They exploded it. And CCH said, do not get cocky. The ship explodes and starts throwing shrapnel everywhere. The life pod uh, is not far enough away from the explosion to avoid, you know, to not avoid taking shrapnel from the the big cruise ship that they just left. And uh, Q3, who is a little person on the ship with a gadget arm that uh, uh, is apparently like a um, like a tech. Uh, what do they call him? A techie? Is that what it was? Yeah, he's uh, he's basically a mechanic for the ship. Yes, and uh, he has a mechanical arm that allows him to do repairs on the ship. Basically, the, the all the people on the ship are trying to patch holes as they appear. Shrapnel starts pelting the ship. And uh, uh, Parker, who's a cook that was on the big ship, takes some shrapnel to the leg and clutches his leg, and he's he's hurt. He's hurt. He's bleeding everywhere. Meanwhile, yeah, meanwhile radiation shields that are over CCH Pounder's cockpit are damaged, and so is the shaft leading to the main area. So she's stuck up there in the cockpit, and uh, she's she's getting pelted with cosmic radiation. So she's gonna have she's gonna develop superpowers. That's uh, right. She's yes. gonna be a rock creature, be... or she's gonna be able to stretch really long. Yeah, fire like a fire person, like a fi- um, one of those four. Yeah, yeah, or she might be invisible. We're not sure. We don't know. Well, yet, the other but thing we'll is, find is out. well, she, we'll know once we ask her what what do you like on your hamburger, and if she says eggs, <laughs> I then have we know. great news. We got to we'll, we'll know. <laughs> There's also a woman in uh, that shows up that is clutching a uh, like a, a a little what, what looks like a pet carrier with a red cross symbol on it. But apparently that uh, is a... I think, I think that's very generous of you to say that it looks like a pet carrier. I think it looks like um, a thing that a person keeps their lunch in in the future. Oh, like a big, yeah, a big, old, big old lunchbox, big old uh, metal tin. She's got like a, like a... Yeah, a space lunchbox. Not even a foot long in there. She's got a six inch hoagie in there because it, it's not that big. Well, she's but... trying to cut back. You, you know, you, you want, she's like, either I can eat bread and go six inch or I can do like a lettuce wrap and do a foot. But like, I really like the bread. I don't want to cut out too much. Yeah, I'm here for the bread. However, it turns out that her baby is in there and is, uh, was induced into hyper sleep. So instead of having to deal with some crying infant being like, oh, my ears won't pop because we're in, we're in, we're in space. Instead, you like cram it into a pet carrier and, uh, like put it, <laughs> put it like, I, I don't know. To sleep for a century. That's right. You see you in a see you in a hundred years, baby. Uh, Andrew, the I I hope in the future they have these for your wife. Hey, this guy. Am I right? <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. This is All right. this is why we bring him on. We pay him the big bucks for these kind of games. Anybody here from out of town? <laughs> Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. You guys been to the airport lately? No. Oh, there's some fair enough. There's okay. a sickness. Um, what, what? What? When did this happen? Nobody's oh, the, flying. Why? Oh, this this comedy club is empty. Oh, that's how I got onto the stage. Okay, that all makes sense. Uh, but Bye. I'm still getting I'm still getting the light though. So th- uh, this is that's been me. I'm, uh, thanks everyone. It turns out that when she puts uh, the, she got this baby in this little hyperspace carrier, but in the fracas, the thing tips over and gets damaged and it ends up killing the baby inside the chamber 
which definitely affects this woman in a very negative way. The castaways in the the life pod begin taking stock of everything. And uh, here's all right. So let me just let me go. Let me take a step back and let me just mention here's who's on board. Okay. So we got CCH Pounder. She's the pilot. She's up in the crow's nest. She cannot come down for right now because the channel connecting the main uh, area to the cockpit is damaged and uh, she's stuck up there. There's uh, Robert Loja, who plays uh, director Banks. He's some kind of big wig with a company named Earthcore that apparently funds a bunch of stuff. Very clever name. Or owns owns like the ship, or right? He he's his company uh, like owns a bunch of stuff and is involved in like colonizing Venus, but also probably also owns the big liner that just exploded. Yeah. Uh, we have Claire St. John, who is a journalist, and she's also the narrator. And she's walking around with like this little, uh, like a, looks like a ray gun, but apparently it's a camcorder. And everyone's like, get that fucking thing out of my face, which would be my it's- immediate response as well. If somebody came up after this traumatic incident and was holding out their cell phone and being like, I'm a journalist, I would break that thing in half in just, just seconds. It's a camcorder, but because it's the future, it has like a hole for her thumb. I think is the only thing that makes it future. Yeah, and then like a big light appears when it's recording. That those are the two things. That's how you know it's the future. It lights up, and there's a, a hole for the thumb. We have Parker, who's the cook with the hurt leg. We have Kane, who we don't know much about, but when they started loading up into the life pod, they noticed that he was on board first. We have uh-huh. Rena. Huh? Think about it. We have Rena. Who plays Kane? What's that? Who plays Kane? I I don't. Uh, some guy. Uh, Glenn Jacobs. Great. That's who plays him. Uh, he's the devil's favorite demon. Uh, he's brothers uh, with the Undertaker. Yes. Uh, he, he made a first appearance at uh, In Your House colon Bad Blood. That's who plays Kane. He's the uh, mayor Good. of Knox County now. Uh, we have Rena, who grew up on Venus. And then we have Q3. Uh, who is uh, the guy with the robo arm? And then we have Terman. showing showing some very. We're looking for, we're looking forward to very high profits come Q three. Uh, <laughs> we're we're really really hoping to make up what we lost during the uh, January February months. Yeah, Q three is looking very good, especially when uh, he puts that uh, that uh, fucking chainsaw uh, application <laughs> to his arm. Very excited about yeah, you know, uh, the futures. It's the it's the future. It's space. Uh, do we have laser things? No. Chainsaws still seem to do the trick. They, you just you run that thing fast enough. You can cut through whatever the fuck you want. And we also have Termin, who's played by Ron Silver. And Termin is blind. He's a very patient man. He seems very calm. But uh, his big thing is that he's blind, but his hearing is very good. Yes. Well, now that we've got all those people on board, Banks begins to assume control, but Q3 says that Maeveen is the only one running the show. Uh, She notes that the communication equipment on the ship is all fucked, so all they can do is send out the one distress satellite they have, and uh, Claire St. John notes that it's like putting a message in a bottle. Huh? 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 See? You see what we're doing? Or a princess Uh, in a battle. (laughs) Well, that would be like a that. Yes. If it were a genie in a bottle, it would be like a princess. That's in right. Battle. You're right. Yeah. The crew begins to assess what's on board. There's a good amount of water, assorted packages of biscuits, 
And uh, man, those, those look those look tasty to me. And there's some blankets. Meanwhile, uh, Rena, who is like a medical student, gives some morphine to uh, Parker, and he says, "Yeah, keep. Uh, why don't you keep that coming this way? This is uh, yeah. This, he's, this is some he good says stuff things things seem to be fine as far as I'm concerned. He's like, yeah, we're on this boat, but like, let's just you know, let's just enjoy the quiet, everybody. I, I mean, let's yeah. let's take stock of what's really important." Getting just drop absolutely in. loaded on morphine. Drop in and drop out. That's what I've been saying. And they also strapped that lady down with the baby that passed away because she tried to leave out the airlock uh, at some point in her grief. So they're just like, why don't you just uh, why don't you just stay here and uh, let's. Um, uh, Parker took most of the morphine, so maybe if we ask nicely, we can give you some of that too. Yeah, if we had more, if we had more, we'd give it to you. We don't, so we have scraps. So that's what you're getting. <laughs> well, while the crew is off doing these uh, the the tasks to see what's uh, in stock, this lady with the baby though begins to choke, and then she ends up dying. Uh, Straight up dying. She she gone. They notice that uh, there is some kind of balled up plastic from one of the water bottles that they have on board, kind of jammed in her throat. And um, they think, well, that's suspicious. I mean, she was grief stricken, so maybe she committed suicide, but her wrists were tied down pretty tightly. So um, I don't know. Uh, Terman, however, notes that um, he's like, well, uh, let me tell you a story about sacrifice. And he, he, he <laughs> you're going to like this. He's like, you're going to laugh. You're, it's very funny. It's very funny. It's uh, it's a bit crass. So if you uh, if you have sensitive ears, why don't you go to the galley? Uh, the rest of us, you know, I'll try and tone it down a little bit. Basically, he tells a story about uh, uh, some Eskimo children with their grandmother starving out in the Antarctic. And uh, it turns out that the day, a day later, they find that their grandmother has uh, slit her wrists and basically made blood soup. So that the children can last longer at the sacrifice of the grandmother. So he says maybe this was a noble sacrifice that she killed herself to let us spread the supplies around a little further. Now, Andrew, during the quarantine, uh, when he said this, did you immediately write down blood soup? Okay. <laughs> That's right. I was like, do I need a Instapot for this or can I just can I pan fry my blood? How does this work? You were like, let's see, your Monday, we're going to do tacos again. Tuesday, maybe blood soup. All maybe right. Maybe blood see what soup. We can do. I was like, well, if I go to the store, maybe they'll have like a, like a fiesta mix. Like I can do blood soup. Blood is the base and then put like baby corn and maybe pea pods in there and, and uh, yeah, like, that, uh, like some bell peppers. That like Larry's taco spice whatever drop that in there it makes yeah, everything good okay all right this sounds like i'm getting i'm watching this terrible movie and i'm like i'm getting hungry for my own blood <laughs> all right yeah well directly after that cch well they the first of all they they decide well they knew th there was no person more human than her so they put her in the airlock and jettison her out into space along with her baby <laughs> Then uh, CCH Pounder changes course abruptly from up in the crow's nest because she has uh, detected a resource satellite that she says is three days away, but is pretty confident there will be some supplies on there. Yes. Term Terman, however, 
uh, in all of his wisdom, notes that he feels, uh, again, because he's blind, he's 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 heightened his senses of hearing. He's he's basically Daredevil. He notes that uh, there's stress. There was stress in her voice, and he's worried that she's lying, and that there is no satellite, and this is only to raise everyone's spirits because they basically are are floating in an infinite void of nothing. And they don't have the ability to send any kind of uh, distress signal or respond to any communications coming in. So unless someone spots them in a needle in a haystack, they are basically up shit's creek. Uh, yeah, Andrew, I love it when uh, I'm in a situation uh, that has any amount of tension and this guy shows up. And he's like, oh, by the way, uh, we're fucked. We're all going to die. And you're like, oh, great, uh, yeah, thanks. I don't want to bring the room down, but uh, shit's fucked, man. Shit is just absolutely fucked. You're oh, like, great. Cool, thank cool, you. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Glad you're here. Great. I couldn't... Uh, why don't you sit in a corner and uh, we'll try to figure out how to fix this. Uh, I couldn't tell that shit's fucked from the fucking dead baby and woman that we just pushed out the airlock like two seconds ago. But thanks for thanks for chiming in. Yeah. Th- oh, wow. You, nothing gets past this guy. He heard that she was stressed. We just... <laughs> We just shoved a woman out an airlock. Uh, but the thanks, 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 Counselor Troy. I'm, I'm glad that you figured this one out. Meanwhile, CCH Pounder tells Q3 over the communications uh, that the two of them have that she's received a lot more radiation than she thought. But uh, it turns out she has not turned into the thing yet. Uh, it, in fact, it's it's going pretty rough for her up in the uh, in the uh, the cockpit. So she's like, as soon as you can figure out a way to get me down from here, I'd really appreciate a heads up. I got so Q3. Meanwhile, he's like, I got I'm up to my ass down here. I got I got a I got a person I just shoved out of an airlock. I I I literally just started Infinite Jest. <laughs> I I'm I'm really getting into it. Um, and you should see these know. biscuits. These biscuits down here. They don't even. They're they're basically unfla they got they 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 basically bought uh unfrosted pop tarts. I mean, who the fuck buys unfrosted pop tarts? It's a living hell down here. Act 2. The crew plays the journalist camera again and they are trying to figure out what the hell happened to the ship. Now, based on what CCH Pounder heard from the tech that looked in the uh, bowels of the ship and from what Terman said that he heard Basically, they are under the impression that there was some kind of drilling equipment that was put into the bowels of the ship that uh, effectively detonated and caused the ship to explode. Right. The cr- yes. So that's what we got. Some kind of drilling uh, equipment. Does any of this sound factual or make any sense? No, but it's the future. So you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Sure. Yeah. Well, Mark, when 2169 rolls around and, you know... When you watch this movie again from your your hyperpod, uh, you'll um, you'll be like, "Oh, Jay Roach, you were ahead of the curve. How did I not see this?" Uh, no, I think in twenty one sixty nine, when someone watches this again, they'll be like, "Oh, wow, they had biscuits. Man, that must have been cool." But they're like unfrosted pop tarts, and they're like, "Oh, heathens, Ugh, just garbage." It's like that uh, scene in. Uh, demolition man when they make fun of sylvester stallone for wiping with paper they're like ah primitive oh no i'm saying in the future we won't even have biscuits they'll be like oh no i just eat we just eat other people 
Oh, well, that, I mean, look, Mark, they did talk about blood soup. So, yeah, I, I think... yeah, that's this. They're This will be seen as like a Rachel Ray episode and be like, oh, good recipes. <laughs> blood soup in the Antarctic, whatever the hell that is. But I, I'm I'm here for the soup. Well, the crew gets into an argument as they determine that everyone on the life pod had some kind of motive to try and sabotage the big ship. Uh, yes, this this is yes. very much forced and very much like, look, we got to put some drama into this. Because, um, like, what are the odds? Again, these are like how many survivors? Six, seven? Yeah, yeah, seven. There's eight, seven eight people, at this point, I think. Yeah, out of out of two thousand souls is what we're told. Right. All of a sudden, we're given the information that one of these people blew up the ship, and I'm like, that's well, the, not necessarily. That's the leap in logic. Yeah, that's the leap in logic that I I bump against because they, they they get into this heated argument as they start laying out motives, but it's like how, yeah, how could you determine that? this was the one ship that you could depend on taking off. Cause let's say that the killer or the guy that caused the explosion, like had it all planned out and jumped into a life pod that didn't have CCH pounder on it to take off. Like maybe still got to the life pods, but man, that would like the, 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 the odds are so low that he would successfully, he or she would successfully get off the ship. Like I would not make that assumption that the that the person who blew this thing up was within our midst. If I were on that life pod, no, that makes no sense. And it made me think, like, okay, because again, this is where it starts to like divert from um, lifeboat. In lifeboat, a battleship gets sunk by a German U-boat, and you have two people from the German U-boat on the life raft and people from the battleship on the life raft, and that's that's what that movie's about. But here, when this paranoia strikes and sets in, I was like, okay, so is this going to be like that Twilight Zone episode when the lights went out on Main Street, I think it's called, where like everybody thinks there's an alien attack, but it's just a power outage and it's about paranoia. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I was like, no, I think I think they're actually telling us that one of these people is the bad guy, which kind of just made me that that was kind of the point where I was like, eh, I'm not that into this. Well, it's it's lifeboat by way of um, like, and then there were none or uh, murder on the Orient Express. Like it's you put all your characters in one room and then it's a murder mystery. Yeah, but life. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, here here are the motives that get laid out. So you've got Rena. She lives on Venus. Well, she lays out some backstory that's uh, kind of world building in this where. Apparently, Earth Core is a very brutal uh, conglomerate that is uh, 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 colonizing Venus and doing some real terrible things to people living on Venus at the time. So maybe she's out for revenge. Yeah. Robert Loja, who's the the um, you know he's the guy that runs Earth Core, he could be using the explosion as a false flag, you know. And uh, bring troops to Venus. You know, I've been reading a lot of things on Reddit and, and 4chan about this false flag that uh, Robert Loge is planning. So, you know, he's going to start sending out a couple uh, subliminal messages and he'll he'll uh, he'll tell the true believers, uh, you know, what well, to expect. No, we, we know that that story holds no water because uh, Robert Loge would just hire crisis actors. 
Oh, to pretend that the ship had been blown up. So that was right then. I was like, movie, you don't even know what you're doing. Uh, Claire, who is the journalist, she might be uh, making it. It might have done it to make a sensational story because she's uh, obviously has no scruples because she's got this goddamn camcorder with a hole for the thumb. Well, she's also she's also known as like a gossip writer, right? Yes, she's like, yes, she's like a, 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 she writes for rags, you know, she's, she's all about uh, rumor mongering. Which, Herman says, again, you know, we, we always relate this stuff to, back to us, but it's like, imagine if a plane crashed that we were on, and then the immediate jump was, okay, someone caused this plane crash, Andrew and Mark r- work in reality television, they are obviously <laughs> creating the ultimate reality TV show. We would just look at them and be like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then we look at each other and we're like, fuck, Although what a great a, idea. That's a pretty good. Yeah, I like that. I like what I'm hearing. All right. All right. Do you have let's that thumb to ourselves. Thing? All right. Let's do it. No, we tell them, no, it's not for reality TV. We just wanted something to talk about on our podcast, smart guy. <laughs> yeah, we're boring. All right. <laughs> no one gives that's a shit right, about we- us. We're reviewing uh, this this B. Arthur made for TV movie ripped from the headlines thing, and you know, in the first ten minutes, we had to talk about what we did during the day, and it's like we got in this plane crash. I mean, come on, that's what people, you know, you need something to draw you through this uh, whatever this snooze fest from seventy eight is. Yeah, you. Th- I mean, come on, we're gonna. You do you have any idea how many listeners we're gonna poach from my favorite murder when we say <laughs> we're the guys that were in a plane crash? Get your get your get it together. Come on. Well, Terman says that he's uh, legally blind because of Earth Core, so maybe he's out for revenge. The cook has life insurance that may be able to support his family if he were to die on board. Q three is essentially a second class citizen because he basically had to lop his own arm off and then get company uh, uh, resources uh, grafted onto his stump in the form of this uh, robotic arm that he notes several times is worth more than his life. Yes. And we also find out that Kane, who we saw on the ship in the first place, is a a criminal who has a restraint on his arm that causes pain whenever he uh, gets excited. He gets uh, uh, starts producing uh, adrenaline. But he tells them, look, man, I didn't kill no one. I was a political prisoner, (laughs) which no one seems to believe. Yeah. Mark, you use this. You use that same line, too, when you got picked up for. uh, pissing in the park, right? Uh, I've used it for that. I also used it when uh, they docked my pay because I showed up four hours late one day. Uh, and drunk. S- smelling of gin. I was like, look, yes. I'm, a, I'm a fucking political prisoner, I'm man. I was po- I was at I'm the Women's pro- March. I'm going to protest this right now. And they were like, the, glug, the glug, women's? Glug. That, was, that was like a year and a half ago. What are you talking about? And I was like, get out of my way. I got to press some buttons and then i fell asleep for the rest of my shift uh, that's good yes <laughs> was it was was the docking of my pay by two out the four hours that i wasn't there but still paying me for the time that i was there but passed out was that politically motivated i think the answer is yes well you also then went you stumbled into the bathroom and locked yourself in there for several hours and when someone would knock you just scream occupy wall street and then flush really loud yeah so again obviously politically motivated yes 
Well, during dinner, the crew reasons that the culprit, again, as we stated, is probably on the life pod. They decide to accuse Kane because they're like, he's a criminal. That guy killed everyone. How dare you, you scumbag? Well, Kane, you, uh, you know. You think the devil just picks his favorite demons based on, like, photogenics? No, he's obviously no, evil. man. He, he, it's a road test, and then this is what happens. And now there's a reason he's the devil's favorite demon. Well, Kane decides to, uh, you know, calm things down in a nice and, you know, reasonable order by pulling a knife on everybody. All right, listen, I learned conflict resolution while I was in prison. So I'm going to take out this knife and I'm going to stab anybody who comes near me. Yeah. And I oh, also learned that maybe they were trying to re- rehabilitate me. <laughs> oh, well, whatever. Uh, Robert Loggio, uh, however, has his own uh, form of uh, conflict resolution, and that's that he has a fucking gun. Not like a laser gun, not a future gun, like just a straight up like six shooter. No, he's got a he's got like Wyatt Earp's six shooter. It, look, <laughs> it looks like a it looks like a Western gun. And then he yeah, spends a lot of like, time explaining why this made it through security, because he's like lasers, they get picked up by security, but a gun, not a chance. I was no, like, I, nobody's going to even know how to work this thing. Again, all right, I guess. I guess in the future we forget that there are other ways to kill people. You know how you can, like, walk onto an airplane with a battle axe now? Because we're like, yeah, people can't don't kill really, anybody yeah, with a battle I, axe. I, I had my uh, my uh, Iron Maiden, you know, I just walked right onto it. I was like, yeah, th- no, man, this is a suitcase. And they're like, oh, cool, cool. Oh, tight. Well, Q3 walks up and he says, uh, gentlemen, there's no fighting in the war room. And uh, he takes their <laughs> weapons away. However, there's a lot of doubt uh, cast on Kane at the end of this. Well, uh, the ship continues to just push forward towards this uh, resource satellite, but the air supply starts to fail on the ship and everyone starts to uh, having to breathe very shallowly and, and is uh, slowly suffocating. Q3 goes into the uh, the guts of the ship of the life pod and uh, basically takes some parts from the climate control and puts them into the air supply so they can start breathing air uh, again normally. However, uh, that comes at the cost of it being real hot inside the ship. There's no there's no AC anymore, which, uh, Mark, uh, I think that's a that's an even worse fate, to be quite honest, because I would. I would rather suffocate slowly at a nice, crisp 78 degrees and than breathe and have to uh, endure like a, I don't know, like an 85 or an 86. I, I mean, I don't want to deal with that. Well, I I even questioned the like scientific, uh, the scientific logic behind this, because it's like when you're hot, you sweat more, sweat evaporates, the the evaporation process takes some of that air away so i was like is this a net positive or is this a temporary solution i'm i'm not really sure i'm i'm not a i'm not a scientist uh but again what? again i think that yeah i think that he made i think the q3 made the made the wrong decision i think breathe shallow and not be hot is a better option Mm-mm. no no i well, no, I, I agree with that. I, again, I would rather suffocate at just, you know, without having to 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 dab at my man breasts, you know, as I sweat profusely at, uh, you know, well, that's, 82 degree day. I mean, that's that's the other thing. Uh, given how sweaty my palms are, like, it doesn't matter if it's 52 degrees or mm-hmm. 105. Like, there will be puddles 
under my hands, no matter what. So I don't even give a shit. Just let me breathe. Well, now it's really hot inside the ship and everyone is sweating. The cook looks for morphine because he's uh, he's uh, he's got the uh, you know, he's got that got a taste for uh, the good stuff. But Rena has hidden it. He's like, she's like, no, nah, man, you can't use too much of that stuff or it's bad things are going to happen. Meanwhile, it's getting real bad up in the crow's nest as uh, CCH Pounder's hair starts falling out because of all the radiation. We what if, Rena, what if Rena was like, no, man, you can't you can't have that. It's bad. And he was like, it's bad for me. And she was like, no, I I plan on killing myself with that. So I need to hold on to some. <laughs> yeah, you can't uh, you, you have to have one bullet in the chamber left. OK, you yeah, can't that's, just waste it. That's mine. <laughs> We then cut to an unknown pair of hands sabotaging the water supply on the ship. Okay, a little bit of, uh, you know, subterfuge. A little bit of espionage. A little bit of fun. Claire starts complaining about the taste of the water, and after some inspection later, they see that the water supply has hydraulic fluid in it and ruins, uh, which is basically ruined the entire water supply. So you're like, oh, cool. Great. Which uh, this, I also yes. I, I also wonder if people are just like, even if there wasn't hydraulic fluid in it, like would Claire be like, my water tastes gross. <laughs> it tastes like plastic. <laughs> I don't like it. Uh, do you have any in perhaps uh, like a um, like a metal canister or like a Nalgene? Like I'll take it out of a Nalgene, but I don't want no, it out of she, a plastic bottle. No, she wants she wants them to turn it to LaCroix. She's like, put put some uh, O2 into it. And they're like, I we need that O2. And she's like, then I won't drink it. She's like, I want it bubbly. And if it doesn't taste like Popplemousse, then I don't want it. Well, no matter about the water because they finally arrived at the supply satellite. So everyone all excitedly right, looks out the window. Solved. There we Andrew. go. All right. It doesn't matter. Throw all the rest of that garbage away. Just put it in the airlock. We we Christmas is here, folks. Yeah, Andrew, they made it. Uh they get to the uh they get to the life satellite thing, food thing. Uh yeah. the movie ends. All right. That's uh, right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to talk to us, we're on Stitcher, Stitcher, no, Stitcher. I, I, I'm, uh, so, I'm so, I've been I have a OTB podcast that, uh, at um no, no, hold on, hold on. That's, and, that's, uh, that's not Andrew, the it's not, no, it's All right, TV I'm movie uh, night. hanging up. See you around. No, it's um I I'm sorry. Uh, I don't know if we had a different version of the movie, but uh no, the uh, satellite spins around and there's a big old hole in the side Aww. of it. It seems like it got hit by some asteroids and that fucker is empty. Ah, uh, ain't it the way. Ah. Well, Rena says no problem and suggests drinking their own fluids <laughs> to uh, continue sur surviving. And it's Again, like, Andrew. I've, I've already, I already, I was already doing that. Like, what do you want from me? Andrew, how many meetings have you been in where you're like, guys... Everybody needs to cool down, take a breath, and start drinking their piss. And yeah. then every and then you get dirty looks, and then the head of the company stands up, looks at you, and says, You heard the man. <laughs> yeah, and I, I lift up a big beer stein and I'm like, Skull. <laughs> Claire is later injured uh, by one of those seals that uh, they they tried to, to put on the ship when the uh, shrapnel was coming through as it failed uh, due to, um, like, pressure or cold or heat. Apparently, it sometimes make, allows those to crack. The I cook know, mentions that he, uh, The cook mentions that he heard it whistling earlier, 
and said that he mentioned it to the blind guy, but the blind guy said uh, he was sleeping, man. You didn't you didn't mention me no you didn't mention shit to me. <laughs> I can't hear you, man. I'm blind. I'm blind. What am I supposed to do? Later, Rena begins tending to the cook's leg wound and uh, finds out that he's just been she's just fucking dope to the gills with her suicide pill. And she's like, motherfucker, you bastard, you dick. Oh, I, I turned my back for one second and you've you've ruined it. Uh, he's doped to the gills, so he didn't realize when she takes off the bandages that his leg is real gross. He basically yeah. has uh, liquefied the nerve endings in his leg, and that leg is now got some solid gangrene going on. She says, you dumb idiot. Now, if you want to live, we got to amputate this goddamn thing. And also, uh, Andrew, Andrew, give this me my was morphine this- back. This was the scene where I stood up and looked at my ass in a mirror for the first time since the quarantine and was like, yeah, we're going to lose that ass. It's just, I have not <laughs> moved go. at all. It's, 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 I'm pretty sure, uh, I can smell it from here. I think that's, uh, that's, uh, that's probably necrotized flesh. And they're like, no, nah, man, it's just, you gotta, you gotta take, gotta take a shower, man. No, no, I was I was like, I know what doo-doo ass smells like. And this <laughs> this is not doo-doo ass. This is different. This is different. They need to amputate the leg, and it turns out that Q3 has just the solution. Apparently his robot arm includes a <laughs> chainsaw attachment that he puts on, and I was I was like, yes. 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 In the previous yes, in the previous scene, he defe- he defeated Chainsaw Man. Next he's up against Boomerang Man. Yeah, that's his that's his weakness. You got to go in order. Or it's going to be harder to, to beat those bosses. Yeah, but he's he's got chainsaw now, so he should be fine. Next, after that, it's scissors. Now, what um in, in the in in like the the terms of this world, what do you think he used that chainsaw for? Was he like trimming trees? Like <laughs> what what is that used for? I would assume limb amputation. <laughs> I would assume oh, he was it, like. He, Oh, at number six? Yeah, all right, give me a second. Well, uh, as they're trying to cut this guy's leg off, he's screaming and going crazy because they're like, oh, God, they're going to cut his leg off, and they don't You use all the morphine, you idiot, so we have to do this without any anesthetic. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the ship is uh, traveling through the tail of a comet and is pelting CCH Pounder up in the crow's nest with a bunch of shrapnel as well. And despite Q3's best efforts to cut this guy's leg off and then try and get CCH Pounder out of the crow's nest, he fails and she ends up dying up in the uh, up in the the cockpit. Yes, uh, this scene was the the reveal was funny to me because they make a big deal throughout the movie that like they only have the audio feed from CCH Pounder, right? Yes. And then when they finally get video back, it's her dead body turning slowly in a chair. And then it shakes and the head is like, ah, (laughs) and no, she was like, cry havoc. And then like kind of spinning herself around. Yeah. And then she turned into a doll. And (laughs) (laughs) And when I I saw it, I was like, oh, the video feed works. Cool. All right. No, no, it's it. Yeah, it's the chair spins around like in Psycho, and it it should have been a skeleton. They had she was there, but it should have been a skeleton. It's radiation, you know. Everything melted off, and now she's just a psycho skeleton. Well, Act Three, Kane 
the devil's favorite demon talks with Q3 and he's uh, Q3 is very upset about this. He's upset because he relays a story that he was on a ship that was uh, that caught fire and had to float uh, for a little bit outside of Jupiter. And there were 70 people on board and only one person survived because they had to they basically had to to wait there for three weeks before any help showed up. And that one person was him. He, yeah. he, it was him. He was the, he was the lone survivor. And Kane says, well, you shouldn't feel bad that you didn't go down the ship. That's stupid. And Q3 says, no, dumb, dumb. I just don't want to see it again. Like this is, that was the worst time of my life. And now I got to deal with you fucking assholes. At least those people I, I appreciated and at least, uh, held some respect for, right? The rest of you, you people, you people are worse than dirt. I'll tell you that right now. Well, there's, yeah. Uh, the way that this is all revealed to us is when the guy's getting his uh, leg chainsawed off and CCH Pounder dies, he screams, oh no, it's happening again! <laughs> Which, again, in my experience, whenever something awful like this happens, my <laughs> my delivery of that line would be, Oh fuck! Not again. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 odd because he's like, uh, yeah, it is. It's it's happening again. It's it's like Mark. It's it's like it's like poetry. It, it rhymes. Is it it's... is it like poetry, Andrew? <laughs> yeah, if he had said that, that would have been great. If <laughs> CCH Pounder's dead, lifeless corpse spinning around in a chair, and he's like, it's like poetry. It's like, it's like poetry. And then and then he says, uh, Turman, Turman is a funnier character than we've had. In the past. If, if we can get Turman, then uh, really, we've done everything. Well, now on the ship, it's really cold because they were uh, they they blazed through that uh, comet. Now it's now it's cold and tensions are rising. It also begins snowing in the ship because of the temperature and because it's freezing the vapor and some shit or something. They have snow. And, they have snow cones for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, they're, it's yellow. And they're like, oh, it must oh. be lemon. Rena's like, yeah, yeah, it is. is. Try it. <laughs> Wrote my name Ooh. in it. But it's also New Year's Eve, so may old acquaintances be forgotten. <laughs> it also turns out that Kane and Claire talk with each other, and Kane relays the fact that he, in fact, is a political prisoner because he saw Earthcore doing some shady shit, which was a company that he was working for. And he reported it, but instead he got himself arrested as opposed to anyone in trouble at EarthCore because profits matter, Mark. We have to get the economy back to life. Well, my, yeah, my thought when Kane tells this story is, I was like, yes, like all political prisoners, he needs like seven days to create a story about why he ended up where he is. <laughs> If I was busted for uh, DUI, I would be like, no, no, it was an act. It was an it was a it was activism. And if you talk to me in four days, I'll have a pretty good story about it. But right <laughs> now, don't want to talk. It was I was a political prisoner activism. Um, you know, I was trying to I was trying to I was trying to do it for the people. All right. But for but you, I'm just going to eat my you. biscuit. Meanwhile, back in the main cabin, the cook looks up to see Terman, uh, who is drinking some water from a private stash, and also uh, Terman's eyes meet his eyes. So apparently he's not as blind as we thought he was. No, Daredevil Mark, do, does this all the time. 
Oh, Daredevil that's still true. moves his eyes. I, I saw Ben Affleck do it in the movie. Uh, Mark, do not do not spoil, do not reveal the big twist ending of this movie in that Terman uh, gets up. It turns out he is not blind. He goes over to the cook and he breaks his neck. Oh, my God. We know who the killer is. Right? Well, once the cook's body is discovered, the fake blind guy, Terman, continues to fake it, admitting admitting to everyone that he broke the cook's neck. But the reason he broke the cook's neck is because... He, uh, he's like, turn this guy, this cook was only going to live another 10 hours. Okay. And the resources are dwindling. If I put it to a vote, none of you are going to have the stones to want to kill this guy and help the group over the lone person. All right. The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And this guy did not need it to be breathing my air. Okay. Yes. Or the one. So I killed him. And uh, now I'm going to kill myself. That's and right. He, he grabs he, a piece of uh, iron and he tries to slash his wrists. Yes. He's like, ah, I'm going to say I'm going to do the noblest thing. He's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it because I because I, I was willing to do it to him and I'm willing to do it to myself. So he like put some alcohol on his wrist and he's like, all right, no one move. Going to do it. Here it comes. <laughs> I'm do, I'm do, here I'm, I'm, I, 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 I get ready. You might want to shield your eyes. Yeah, and they cover, just stare covers, at him. Yeah, puts takes a lighter and like sterilizes the uh, the piece of steel. He's <laughs> like, "Here it comes, gonna do it." All right, get ready. You might want to put some newspaper down because it's gonna be really messy. It's gonna be ugly. Uh, barely touches his wrist, misses the vein, and then like, passes ah. out. Yes. Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> Call the paramedics. Uh, yes, he cuts his wrist, but the crew manages to take care of him and make sure that he's still living by stitching up his, his, his wrist. However, while they're sitting around and thinking on it, Kane realizes he remembers something during the amputation. Claire was shooting it on her camcorder and they decide to replay the footage and they notice that when the cook throws a splint, uh, Terman manages to duck it. He dodges out of the way. Now, would a non-blind person be able to do this? Probably. Would a blind person? Probably not. Ah, caught ah. in your own web of lies, my friend. Uh, this all comes out of nowhere, which is this is I was I bumped against this that like the big reveal wasn't even like him saying something and him going like I didn't tell you that uh, the cook died with of a broken neck. Uh, well, instead, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just him going, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And then so, yeah. So then they confront him and he's like, you're right. I'm not blind. And I was like, it, it would have been fine if he was blind. Like he could be blind and the bad guy. It, it doesn't have to yeah. be mutually exclusive. I don't see why he pretended to be blind. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess he thought. Well, it would throw I don't know. To make it seem him. like he wasn't. Yeah, it's, it give, makes people more sympathetic towards him, I think. Well, the jig is now up and Q3 pulls a gun. Like on me Turman. and my low T, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why that's why I always joke about it. Because yeah. it's not true, right? That, yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, <laughs> or it makes me more sympathetic. I, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like I, I, I talk about it a lot. And I, <laughs> Q3 pulls the uh, gun that Robert Loja had on Terman, but Terman's like, give me that, you dummy. And then just shoots him twice. Kills him. He's like, 
shoot him in the gut, and then you get on him, and then you just shoot him in the head. He's like, I learned this from a friend. <laughs> a friend who's passed too soon. Uh, then he also shoots Rena when Rena tries to stand up to pull the knife on him, and he's like, nah, man, then just blah. And then he also takes a shot at Robert Loggia, but apparently is wings him, doesn't kill Robert Loggia, but incapacitates him. Terman then sprints into the galley of the ship, which is separated by a door, locks the door, and then uh, tries to, puts on a, um, like a space suit and tries to bash open one of the, um, uh, the, these, uh, these bondits, these, the welds. Uh, these seals. Yes. The weld that was there, because if he can crack it open, he can suffocate the rest of the uh, crew. And there's only two people left. It's right. well, three, I guess, Robert Loja, Kane and uh, Claire. How Kane, is he, how is he planning on eating? I don't know, but I, I guess he'll just wear the suit for well, the rest maybe, of it. Well, he could also, he could, he could reseal it, I guess. He's like suffocate oh, that and then reseal it. Well, it uh, Kane sneaks through the ductwork, and then the two then appears in the galley, and the two of them have a fight, and it kind of goes back and forth for a while. Claire then manages to get uh, the locked door unlocked, and they overpower Termin. They put some of that uh, that temporary seal in his mouth, and then they push him into the airlock and throw him out into space. You know. Throw him out into space because he 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 basically unloaded what felt like two twenty thousand bullets into everyone and then ran out of bullets. Yeah, I was like, I feel like that was more than a clip, but whatever. I guess it's cool. Well, the ship I mean, is rescued. Yeah, the movie the movie turns into an absolute bloodbath in the end. Yes, I feel like I feel like at the the sixty or seventy page mark, uh, the writers were like, oh fuck, how many more characters and we've got. How many more pages? And they're like, oh, geez. Okay. Let's, uh, it's like that Frasier episode where it's like the radio drama. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He starts popping those balloons. He's like, and one for me. Well, it seems that the mystery will remain a mystery. <laughs> we have what? 40 more minutes? Well, let's, well, have let's a talk discussion. about what happened. <laughs> the ship is rescued some days later as Claire explains in VO that Termin was hoping to kill people one by one to ex- extend the uh, the party's uh, supplies and their chances at rescue. But fortunately for them, he, he had a bunch of stashed stuff around the ship that managed to inc- allow them to survive until they were rescued. Yeah, he and, had some uh, uh, he had some cokes and some uh, candy bars, some nudie mags, yeah. uh, a couple of cigarettes. It, so it yeah, was some a real, cigars. Yeah, like, real stash. Uh, Half a half a bottle of, of uh, like uh, wild turkey. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so Robert Loja, the ri- the the richest guy there, the, probably the second richest person would be Claire, and then uh, this political prisoner. All three of them survive, while the rest of those jerks are again probably just ditched into space, and just thrown on the thrown on the fucking pile. Well, she's and like, that's isn't the the final line of the movie is like Q three the little person. Yeah, we just yeah. fucking shot his ass into into the sun because it was right and you're like was it it doesn't it it was the right thing to do we kicked his ass right over the side of the boat and said bon voyage asshole i think she says i think she says um it seemed like what he would have wanted and you're like well wait he said earlier that he doesn't want to go down with the ship (laughs) like you assholes just did what you felt like 
they left him on the ship because they, she said it was it would it was like the highest honor or something like that. And I was like, no, no, it wasn't. They just no burying just him. They're <laughs> letting like him that, see. They're like letting he, his, his family might... see his remains is the greatest honor. No, they 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 were like it's the highest honor. So Earth Core can remove that electronic arm from him and use it again on another Mega Man. That's right. They they they. <laughs> As they were stepping off the ship, they see some guy who's strapped down with the some somebody with a that chainsaw arm just going right at his arm. Well, that's the end of Life Pod. Mark, what did you think of Life Pod? Uh, Andrew, I thought that it was not very good. Um, but at the same time. I was like, I don't know. I found myself appreciating certain elements of it. I I liked this weird. I like that it's a it's a it's a sci-fi movie in a confined space. It's a, a story that maybe you know maybe people haven't seen Lifeboat. Maybe people don't necessarily know what's being in ref what's being referenced throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that. Uh, I thought that it was mostly okay. The thing that really le- that really disappointed me, and I don't know if this is just because I've seen Lifeboat and I know what the source material is, um, it it lacked the. They spend so much time talking about the like science and uh, you know r- space radiation and this uh, this plot to blow up the ship and like the relationships between Venus and Earth and Earth Core that I was like, well, you're just world building. Like, this story should be about the people. This should be a confined human being story set in space, and instead it was a space story with the human elements added on top of it, was my feeling. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you know, you need some conflict and to, as to why... Because, well, you need... Uh, you need a, a human conflict story, but you also need that because it wasn't just necessarily just a lifeboat movie. There was this um, murder mystery element to it, and you need some motives as to why people would want to blow up this ship, you know? Yeah, but I, I don't know. I think I would have been happier if it was just so much paranoia that leads people to kill each other. And then in the end, we find out like, no, it was... It was an accident. It was the the ship blew up because it was an accident. And or so they say. Yes. And, you know, the seven of you killed each other because you let your you gave in to your baser instincts of fear. Like, I think that would be a much more interesting story. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not the story that they were interested in telling. How, how long had uh, Next Gen been on at this point? 93 and next gen started in like 88 89 so like five years probably yeah so i don't know they might have been saying like look space on a, a, a space adventure on its own on television isn't enough like we need murder mystery as well i'm not sure mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what the what the thought process was behind this movie exactly you know they're just they're just telling a fun story about eight people trapped in this this ship and uh you know uh ron silver's there they're they're the doing got what a they robot do. arm mark would you recommend life pod probably not andrew what what were your thoughts on life pod overall i thought uh it was fine i think i 
I um I've seen some real cheapo shit sci-fi movies in in my life and I I think this the thing I could appreciate on this one is um it didn't necessarily feel as cheap as some of the more crappier sci-fi movies cuz because when it yeah, comes with a, when, it, it's not cube where you're like oh it's the same room but different colors exactly like there's obviously one set on this movie uh but it's they do it in such a way that you're like it makes sense why it would be shot like this or why it would look like this and it uh it you know when you're dealing with sci-fi there it's there's more expense involved in it because you can't just be like okay here we are uh it's an airplane set and you know what that looks like you know you don't know what a spaceship interior looks like and they have to build that out and they have to they have to make it so i thought the look of the movie was fine uh i thought you know it's intense they're inside they're confined it's not the it's not a uh a das boot or a uh a star trek 2 the wrath of khan level of intense that you're just you're trapped on this ship and you're 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 uh uh having it out because you told me that uh that's the that was the thought behind star trek 2 right that these are just submarine movies yes is it, but is it the thing? No, it is not the no. thing. That level of paranoia does not exist in this movie. This is just, it's a murder mystery and Ron Silver did it and that's the end of the movie. Yeah, and we're, yeah, we're, yeah, as soon as the mystery is set up, I, I was kind of like, eh, I don't really care that much. <laughs> like, I guess I, I guess I didn't feel too connected. I didn't feel connected enough to the characters to mind when they die. Even when we get that bloodbath at the end in Q3 and uh, the doctor gets shot, like, though that should hurt. But the yeah. deaths just stack up on top of each other in such a way that I was like, what the hell happened? Like, everybody's dead? All right, movie, yeah, let's, there aren't very, I guess. It, there aren't very, like, the, yeah, the characters are not terribly likable, not even in, like, a, like a fun way. You know, like a murder mystery, there's usually these like kind of outlandish characters or even like a like a comedy like Clue, where you've got all of these wild, weird characters that have to that are forced to interact with one another. With this, it's just like everyone's just kind of angry and Robert Loge is just kind of growling at people. And ultimately, I will say 90 minutes went by on a lot of these movies. I'm like, I'm like, God, how long is this? This had to have been. Not you know seventy minutes so far, and I look at the the track counter, and it's like thirty minutes. Oh no, another oh, hour God. of this shit. But this actually kind of breezed by, so I will give it that. I will say he is uh, a single. I, sa- I know he's a single Santa. Jesus, how are we still sixty minutes into this? I won't necessarily recommend it, but it wasn't terrible. Like it, it's, we definitely have had worse on this show, and for. Uh, one of the first few sci-fi entries that we've had on this show, like um, I can appreciate it. it. You know, the I thought the robotic arm stuff was cool. It didn't necessarily look too cheesy, um, and the the set design was fine. It was it's and in fact they they got fucking miniatures. They blew up that goddamn ship. They had they had all sorts of stuff. I don't think yes. CCH Pounder ever met Robert Loja because they're not in the same room at the same time at, at any point. So uh, no, I, I, I would I would assume that she she filmed all of her scenes in like a barbershop with a psych behind her. She was like, <laughs> yeah, this this barbershop chair. Yeah, that's a captain's chair. Let's do this. 
You're like, oh, cool. Yeah, she met, uh, she had more uh, interaction with Jughead than she did with uh, Robert Loja. But yeah, I think I think you hit on something uh, right about this, about the shape of this movie, uh, in that every character is angry, and in you know something like Knives Out, which is a movie that I love, you you mm-hmm. you like it. I loved it. I thought it was. Yeah. I thought it was incredible. Some characters are hilarious. Some characters are angry. Some characters are petty. So you know, there's like a difference in all the characters. But here, everybody's just like, "Man, this blows." Which, well, is, it's like which it's, is relatable, it's but it does, it's, it's not compelling because it's a terrible situation. It's like here's everyone looking at death in the eyes because they're stuck on this thing. But you do need some characterization on on every one of these people to like you know, carry you through. Cause even if even, uh, you know, uh, the, the best murder mysteries, like even the, when it's revealed to the person who did it, you're like, I still like them. Or I, I still, I'm like, Oh man, that guy's a scumbag. Like there's a, there's a reason why I'm connecting with this character in a certain way. When Ron Silver's revealed, it's like, I don't know. He was his, his characterization is probably the most apparent because he's got this weird, like Zen Buddhist kind of attitude through the whole thing. So it's, at least it's memorable, but, but it's all a lie. Just like, I don't know. They're well. He's putting on an act. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a lie. So you you end up being like, oh, so the one thing that I did feel sort of interested in is meaningless now. Right. And the the reason that he Ron Silver reveals that the reason he did it was because he wants to incite violence between Venus and Earth. And I was like, well, that's not a real conflict. So I, as a viewer, can't necessarily relate to that. So, you know, it's not as good as like, uh, he was banging my wife or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, like these are things, you know, or if he had said, I have low T, I would have been like, yes, I'm on his side. I understand his character. No, it should have been that like he had a past with Claire and then when what's his name? Uh, yeah. If, if, if Kane and her got together. Then he's like, well, if anyone asks, I killed everyone because of Earth and Venus. But in reality, it's because you banged someone that I liked. Really? Yeah, really, really stuck in my craw that you were banging some ex-con. Uh, Mark, is there anything else to add about Life Pod? Andrew, I uh, I was excited. I, I'm glad I watched it. You know, like, uh, I, I think that this whole category of like, early 90s movies i think that's that's a good theme for this month because there is a lot of stuff in there that's like on the cusp of of being very very interesting and very very good so i i'm glad that we watched this i i felt like it was very much in conversation i felt like it was a connection between uh next gen and deep space nine however uninvent unintentional that might have been well that's good i i'm i yeah because uh i don't think we've I don't think we've seen a lot of uh, sci-fi. We've seen some dystopian stuff, but we haven't necessarily seen a lot of sci-fi on this uh, on this show. Well, Mark, uh, that's going to do it for Life Pod, but we look forward to next time, which is our final early 90s movie. By my count, eh, maybe not. But, yeah, yeah. This is going to be our final early 90s Wouldn't movie. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? It <laughs> no, might be you our final would. episode ever. I don't know. Things are, Who knows? Uh, we things are not looking good at, at the Gonzalez compound. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's right. The police are starting <laughs> to uh, get suspicious and uh, 
have a, have a, a perimeter set up. Mark, I'm uh, I'm breaking the emergency glass because I feel like we've had a lot of dour, sour, very low, very depressing movies here in uh, this month of April, and I I feel like so, so we're watching Archie again. We need something. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We are, uh, no, we're watching, uh, and then they came back Saturday. No, we are watching something uplifting from the early 90s. And I know it's not necessarily uh, year time appropriate, but I feel like now it's like I need something. I need something uplifting. And we didn't do it a handful of months ago. And I feel like we I got to watch it now. So for next time, we are watching this from 1990 starring Olivia Newton-John and it is entitled A Mom for Christmas? It's a Christmas wish for the mom she never had. It's what I want. You want a mom for the holidays. Now with a little magic, a miracle is coming to life. Hi. When the magic spell is over... Midnight! Can one little girl's love keep the magic alive? Till Christmas, never forget. Olivia Newton-John's first TV movie, A Mom for Christmas, on NBC, Monday. Andrew, now more than ever, uh, America needs a mom for Christmas. That's true. That is true. We saw a grandpa for Christmas to stunning results, but now we need we need a mom, okay? There's a grandpa can only do so much for us. Yeah. Um is Jamie Farr in this one? Jamie Farr is not in this one, but uh the mom from uh, Everybody Loves Raymond is. So Oh, that's great. A little bit of a uh, trade-off. It's uh it should be fun. Though magic is involved, a uh, some kind of uh, mannequin. I don't know. This is it's it's I hope it's going to be a banger. and We'll lift our spirits going into those Mayflowers that we talked so longingly and lovingly about. Well, if uh, while you're waiting for your mom for Christmas, perhaps you would like to uh, while away the time with past episodes of TV Movie Night. And I am more than happy to explain that you can go and listen to past episodes at SoundCloud.com forward slash TV Movie Night podcast. You can listen to us and subscribe on iTunes. You can subscribe to us on Spotify. You can listen and subscribe to us on Stitcher. Stitcher. Stitcher, which allows you to stream podcasts directly to your smartphone. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash TV movie night. You can email us at TV movie night podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can tell your friends, you can make a Zoom call. Perhaps you could have like a watch party where you like listen to the episode all at the same time and you guys, you guys GOL at the same times. I, I, I don't know. You, Wouldn't you that be fun? It's, it's, a, it's a new normal this, this fall on CBS. Mark, uh, soundcloud.com forward slash TV movie night podcast. Mark, is there anything else? Andrew, um, uh, much like... The Heroes of Life pod, I seem to have run out of water in my cup. The faucets and plumbing are still working, obviously. But, um, I mean, we might as well build up a tolerance. So, zip? Oh. <laughs> I thought, well, I guess, I guess, I guess my blood soup could go with that.